TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. And here we are in Overnight America. Got another couple hours together. In this hour, we're going to talk to Fox 2 news anchor. He's now in the mornings, John Brown. In his book, 100 Things to Do in Missouri Before You Die, we'll talk Missouri with John Brown just in a little bit. My son is six, but I can relate to a story like this where it's a seven-year-old who got himself into some pretty big trouble where things could have been a lot worse. He was hiding inside of a trash bin when the trash collectors came. And now all these trash collectors have it easy. They have to just sit in their car. I don't really, you know, I really do not see any of the trash collectors that have to get out of the vehicle or back when I remember it, they would ride on the back. So they would hold on to a bar and just stand while the driver would go from uh, site to site and stop at each house. And then they would get off they would grab the trash can manually you know pick it up dump it in the back and then they would hop back bang you know a couple of times boom boom and then they would be on their way to the next uh, residence and i don't see that ever anymore it's just a giant arm that came through what a surprise for this person when this happens and think about how dangerous it would have been for this kid if this person wasn't paying attention this is in uh let's see florida tampa affiliate wfla the one that's reporting this climbed in by using this on tuesday he decided to hide inside the garbage can outside his hillsborough county home within moments a garbage truck pulled up scooping up the trash can and dumping it inside the truck with oh you know this is the age of my son basically they're a year apart but i can see my son doing things like this uh, we always keep an eye on him anytime he's outside it's not like he's unattended but still he gets into some, he could easily get into trouble and do things like this. It scares me to think. Uh, so are boys always going to do things like this with a little bit of retrospect? Are there those moments where that uh, they get themselves into trouble that could be deadly? Does that happen frequently with boys or is this just kind of a rare occurrence? I always assumed that my son would get in trouble at some point and I would have to come and run to the rescue. And you always have to be on guard, always ready for moments like this. And sometimes you just have to expect that they will do dumb things because they are boys. With Elias inside. In a minute, he went out. And the next thing I hear was the, uh, the sound of a truck and a guy screaming. I got picked up and thrown 
to where I was going to be a mashed potato. Okay. <laughs> He's seven. He's pretty funny, actually. Picked up and thrown to where I was going to be a mashed potato. I was picked up and he said thrown, but I was picked up and thrown to where I was going to be a mashed potato. Yeah, these trucks, they don't just collect. They also compact, they shred, they do all kinds of things to make as much space as possible back there. This is not the situation you want to be in. You know that scene in the Toy Story movie? I think it was Toy Story 3 when going down the chute to the incinerator. That's what this kid was facing. Luckily, driver Waldo Fidel had his eyes on the surveillance camera, something he's trained to do with every single trash can. Looking on camera, I see something drop. I was thinking this might be the end for me. But Wow, it's a true act of God that this worker was paying attention. I'm not saying that all people that work these type of jobs maybe at times don't pay attention when they should. But I got to say, to me, this person deserves the Medal of Honor for paying attention and doing his job the right way because he saved a kid's life by doing that. But the quick thinking driver jumped into action. He shut off the blade and called 911. Oh, it's like a Bond movie. Shut off the blade? Oh, scary just even thinking about it, isn't it? I'm coming outside. I see him. He said, help me, help me. I said, no, okay, you okay now. You okay, you okay. There He's yelling, help me, help me. He goes, you okay now? I turned the blade off. <laughs> okay, see, my truck's not going to kill you, but by the time you get out of here, your mom might. There's no doubt. You saved his life. Yeah, this, this and for that, Elias and his grandmother are grateful. I said thank you. There has to be some sort of GoFundMe for this guy to to reward him. You know, as a culture, we're so stupid. There'll be someone that will spray Gorilla Glue on their hair and get it stuck for a month. And then people will donate money by tens of thousands of dollars in order to be, uh, to help her because she was dumb enough to spray Gorilla Glue on her hair. But a guy that saves a kid's life by paying attention like this after a kid does something stupid. This is like an after-school special from the 80s or 90s, back when the networks used to do this sort of thing, to warn kids not to do stupid things like this. This guy, if, if it wasn't for his fast action and paying attention, this boy would have been dead. Easy. No, no questions asked. But he saved a life, and I hope that he is rewarded for that in a way that the local community steps up and does something nice for him, other than a pat on the back. Do you think his company will do anything nice? Or do you think his company will be like, hey, thanks thanks for not embarrassing us, you know, smashing that kid? I'm very thankful that he was looking at that uh, camera at that time and that he acted so fast because otherwise he wouldn't be here. Yeah, it's guardian angel situation, honestly. I wonder what's going to happen when that kid's older. Uh, maybe a follow-up. I'm going to have to set a reminder on my phone in about 20 years when the kid's 27. You know, he's a doctor and, you know, this guy walks into the hospital and, this uh, kid saves the guy's life and says, oh, yeah, I'm the garbage truck driver that saved you when you were seven. Well, that's the type of thing I hope happens there. We need a little bit of a, a, a payoff in that way. I would hope at least that was WFLA in Tampa covering that scary, scary story. Wow. That is just amazing to me. Right after the break. Fox 2 News anchor John Brown on his latest book called 100 Things to Do in Missouri Before You Die. It just came out. And during the pandemic, John Brown was busy writing. Well, most of us said, oh, yeah, I'm going to do something good with my time. I'm going to be productive. I'm going to work out. 
I'm going to read books. I'm going to write. I'm going to finally finish this project. And what happened? A month in, you're like, nah, nah, none of that. I think I'm just going to sit back and watch uh, TV every day and be lazy. No, John Brown was out there writing books. He wrote like four books, which are coming out here this year in this one year span. So uh, he's going to join us to talk about 100 things to do in Missouri before you die right after the break on Overnight America. KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. You see him on Fox 2, now a morning news anchor, John Brown. How are you? Hey, how you doing? Great to talk to you again. I know. I had such a great time talking about your last book, and you have a new one out called 100 Things to Do in Missouri Before You Die. Nice big picture of a bucket on the front. Before we get into the book, uh, how's the adjustment to mornings going for you over at Fox 2? It is a definite change for the sleep schedule, but also a change for the better. After doing evenings for about four years, uh, back to mornings, which is really, you know, I think my forte. That's what I've done most of my career from the Daily Buzz, the nationally syndicated show, uh, to Good Day Orlando, to doing mornings here. Um, I just enjoy mornings. I love the vibe. I love getting up, doing the news having the rest of the day to, to do my thing, and uh, it just fits well. Yeah, are so you, I'm annoying my family because they hadn't seen me in a while, but now I'm home all the time in, in the afternoon. So that's annoying to them, but it works well for me. Yeah, speaking of your family, you know, waking up at odd times, can they sleep through that, or are they also trying to get adjusted to all of this? <laughs> well, uh, at this point, my wife has moved me out to the spare bedroom. <laughs> She's like, there is no way. I want to hear an alarm clock go off at 2.30, 2.45 in the morning. So um, when we were in Orlando, she got used to it. But she also has her own private practice here, seeing clients, and she's like, no, I can't do it right now. So, mm-hmm. so I'm down the hall. Th- thus far, I haven't annoyed anybody but the dogs on my way out the door. Oh, that's fine. Just a little bone on the way out. They'll like it. They'll look forward that's to it. it. And I noticed, because uh, doing nights is similar in a certain sense, when you're in the building on one of the extreme ends of the day, either early in the morning or late at night, there's a totally different group of people in the building. So you have to get used to all the people you're not used to seeing on a daily basis. And then I noticed, too, when I come in at nights, all the coffee was made in the morning, so I got to make a new pot. When you get there first thing in the morning, all the coffee is from, like, the day before. So you also yeah. get caught making all the coffee. So there's the, something that the daytime people just don't appreciate, things being done for them. Right, and nobody ever makes a fresh pot. doesn't matter. I mean, that is like the uh, office etiquette 101, right? <laughs> but when everybody is running in during commercial breaks, no one ever makes another pot. Yeah. So you always get there, and it's the sludge. So you just, you know, you cut a piece off of the coffee and <laughs> you chew on it on the way back to the set and you're all good. <laughs> Your coffee knife is sitting right there. You had to chop it out. <laughs> Sadly, I wish I was joking. <laughs> You've been there. It's almost reality for most workplaces. Oh, I know. I know exactly what you mean. So uh, you have another book. It's amazing the amount of time. I mean, you've actually used your coronavirus time wisely and you created some really awesome books and i know we just spoke a couple of months ago but the one that is out that you can find a hundred things to do in missouri before you die this is really a cool idea because i think people are looking and they are waiting to figure out things they're going to be able to do this summer they are like locked into their house and they're like please give me something to do and they just want to stay in missouri or they just want to stay close and this is like a great guide for something like that Right. So Reedy Press has this 100 Things series. I did 100 Things Orlando a few years ago, and there, there are dozens of these across the country. And so let me give you the backstory here. 
Uh, when I did Orlando, you know, Orlando is such a transient entertainment market. By the time the book came out, there were four or five things that were already gone. Um, you know, the, uh, the Ducks used to walk down that hotel that was in Orlando. Well, that hotel changed hands. I think it went to a Hilton property by the time the book came out. So that was the big concern here is we're in the middle of the pandemic where people can't get out and do touristy kind of things, restaurant things, historical things. And so as we're writing this book, I'm actually I'm wondering how many are going to make it through the pandemic. And so that was a big concern. And come to find out, everything we wrote about has survived at this point. So that's kind of cool. But you're right. You know, with this being the Missouri Bicentennial year, again, people haven't really been paying attention because of the pandemic. And people aren't going to want to travel, you know, go to Mexico this year, go to you know, other foreign countries because they can't. So people are thinking about somewhat close to home vacations. It turned out being the perfect timing for this because everything is going to be a road trip. Everything's going to be family getting together. And oddly enough, it worked out better than we ever thought it would. That's beautiful. So the background photo on the cover where you yeah. have the number 100, it's like that sawmill that's sitting there. Where is that? That is Dogwood Canyon down in uh, south of Branson. It's a Bass Pro property. And that is, if you haven't been there that is one of the most beautiful places in the entire state of Missouri. You, it's one of those you truly have to see to believe because Johnny Morris from Bass Pro fame has, you know, he's, some estimates have him at like $4 billion, right? Who knows? But he's one of those guys, he is still just a country boy. And he's bought up all this land with the intent of preserving it for people to enjoy so that they can't develop it. And what he's done in, down in Branson, I think there's four or five different things in Branson similar to this, and most of them are his, um, you, you really just have to see it to believe it. What, he, what he's done there in the Ozark Mountains is, is truly unbelievable. And that's one of the things that, I've did with, that I did with the book, is a lot of times you do something, and then maybe you don't go do it again, or you didn't realize there were other things to do. I've been given an opportunity covering the news and entertainment and tar- travel and tourism and all these places in Missouri that I actually show how to do it kind of like a VIP, I say, you know, how to do it like a rock star. So if you're going to Top of the Rock, don't just go to the restaurant. Get there early, do the golf cart tour, then get your reservation right at sunset so you can hear the cannons and the bagpipes play. As the sun sets, you can have your wine watching it, you know, turn Table Rock Lake kind of that orangish gold color. So that's the cool thing, you know, being able to do these things. It's not just going. You have to do it right, and that's what this book does. And I know that you look at some other sites across the state, and there's one in particular because we have – uh, Harry S. Truman has such great history here in Missouri with independence. Yeah. Did you get into the controversy, or do you know about the controversy with his middle name? Uh, yeah, S. <laughs> That's, that was actually my first book, The Missouri Legends. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know why I didn't know that. You know, growing up in all these places in Missouri, studying history, and again, we don't care about history until we care, right? And as you get older, you kind of do care. And I'm like, how did I never know that his middle name was S? His <laughs> family had a fight about it, and they couldn't come to terms on a, on a middle name. And so they're like, eh, it's S. Yeah, and I, I, I think that is so cool. I recently learned, too, that there is a group of people that argue if you put a period after S or not. Because, you know, the S doesn't really you stand do for anything. Yeah, according to the historical documents and even in the presidency documents, 
there is no period after S because it's not an abbreviation for anything. Yeah. It is his middle name, so it is just S, no period. And then the actual museum in the house that's in Independence, they also have to put a disclaimer on certain things because it's historical documents. I thought they said you should put a period. See, this is confusing. Maybe I uh, yeah, well, don't know. I will sure. say that. From all the his historians that I've talked to, and I've been up to that house, um, well, the rule and the rule that I was told makes sense that it's not an abbreviation, so there wouldn't be any need for uh, punctuation. So that's what I was told, but that's just like Missouri, Missouri, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which way do you go? It may be a uh, hundred and one things to do in Missouri before you die. You go out to Independence and you argue the period in Harrius Truman, right. right? And actually, you know what's cool is they're redoing that. It's supposed to be open, and I didn't get an updated date. But they're redoing all of that during COVID. So, like, his presidential library and the house and all that, all that stuff's being redone. So it's going to be opening up again in the spring, I believe, is what they said. And it's going to have tons of new stuff. So if you did that trip before, here's a chance to do it again and see it with all the updated items. Yeah, and you've studied a lot of the state of Missouri, and you travel, and you do all of these things. And, and joining us here is Fox 2 News anchor John Brown, whose new book you can find called 100 Things to Do in Missouri Before You Die. Some people would say this. They're, they're always cynical, and they're always like, oh, there's nothing to do. Yeah, right. Now, keep in mind, I came from some pretty small towns in the past where every place I've ever lived in my entire life, they always say the same thing. There's nothing to right. do. St. Louis has, number one, a million things to do in it. It's pretty remarkable. But then you expand out even further to the entire state. I think, how do you narrow it down to a hundred because there's so many things to do here that was that was a big problem so there's already 100 things to do st louis which is also by my co-anchor or co-author in this case (laughs) uh 100 things branson and 100 things kansas city so what we had to do was pick out the ones that were kind of iconic and so make sure we got the 20 or 30 iconic things to do in missouri get those down then we had to do some regional things And then we had to do some things, you know, I did a lot of the historical, and Amanda did a lot of the things that I wouldn't think about, like some of the shopping things that she put in, some of the restaurants that she's been, because she does some travel and tourism writing, and so she put the things that she thinks interesting. And so that way it's not just my perspective of what I think the 100 should be, she gave her female perspective too, so again, there's a little something for everyone, kind of like, you know, the one that we kind of debated how would we do all those things along northern Missouri, along the Genius Highway, and we came up with just do the Genius Highway as a road trip. Mm-hmm. You know, the number of people who grew up along, I think it's U.S. 36 across the top of the state, it's unbelievable. Starting from Mark Twain, then you go into, you know, the, the generals, uh, General Bradley and General John J. Pershing, then Mark Twain, uh, you know, where his original hometown was. Then you have Walt Disney. And then you get over to the Pony Express area in St. Joe. That's a cool road trip. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot in between those places. But <laughs> it's a cool thing that, you know, to have the Genius Highway, which is known by people outside of Missouri, is kind of cool. Now pulls the morning shift. Fox 2 News anchor John Brown has a new book out called The 100 Things to Do in Missouri Before You Die. We'll continue our conversation with him next on KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Cardinals pitchers and catchers report to spring training in Jupiter, Florida this Wednesday. And KMOX's Mike Claiborne will be there with daily reports, mornings and afternoons, and on Cardinals Open Line. Sponsored in part by Norm's Bargain Bark and Wilkie Windows. On your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Fox 2 News anchor John Brown. You can find him online at MissouriLegends.com. This is his seventh book. He has a few more that are on the way out, but we're talking to him about 100 things to do in Missouri before you die. Did Bigfoot hunting, was it close to making your 100 things to do? No, that one's not in there. I mean, isn't that really just a given? We, we, you do that everywhere, whether it's Branson, whether it's the Boot Heel, whether it's like the Ozarks. That's, that's just what you do. It didn't need to be on the list. Keep an eye out for that. 100 things to do in Missouri before you die, and I'm just uh, impressed by the hustle that you've uh, put together, all of these different great works and the dedication to the area, the the locality, and then, of course, the state of Missouri. It's so cool to see all of these things. Was there anything that you guys actually argued over? Because you mentioned the, the route that uh, goes on in northern Missouri. Is there anything that you guys actually really thought, oh, man, uh, one was passionate about including and the other was not? We actually debated how to handle all the state parks because there are so many new, cool state parks in the state, like Echo Bluff, which is just one of the most amazing places you've ever seen. Again, southern Missouri, you know, we we debated do we break each of those out as their own attraction or lump them together? And what we kind of had to do is just find a hook. You know, like Echo Bluff is one of the newest state parks and such a national treasure. Um, so that was one of the that was one of the issues, and then um, uh, I guess other things, you know, wh- wh- how much in St. Louis do you include? Hmm. And that's always a big issue in Missouri. Is, oh, this book is going to be St. Louis centric. There are, you know, uh, yeah, there's probably a thousand things in St. Louis you can do. So we put Forest Park all in one. You know, all the activities you can do in Forest Park. How to do them all in a weekend if you're not from St. Louis and you come to town. Um, Rooftop restaurants was a fun one that we debated. So that's one of those that is kind of an unusual one. If you have date night, here are the top ten rooftop restaurants across the state. Because we could have easily done that. We could have done probably ten or fifteen in St. Louis. So debating which ones were the coolest in which part of the state, that was also kind of neat. So they were friendly arguments, but uh, and you know, and there are probably and there are some good arguments for things that should be in here that aren't. So there's some notes in the back. You can add your own. <laughs> Just this year, during the Super Bowl, Tom Brady won his seventh championship. This is your seventh book. Do you ever feel like it feel like it's a championship ring for you when you have the book delivered to your home and you're holding the physical copy of it? It is always weird. It's and it, every author will tell you this. And here's the here's the interesting thing. So this is the second out of four that are coming out in about a 12 month span. I have another one coming out in about two or three months. And then we're redoing Missouri Legends coming up right around the bicentennial time, which is in August. Um, the moment that you get the book, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is reality. And then you start flipping through the pages, and you start thinking, oh, man, 
did we make any mistakes? Where you know you're looking for typos, you're looking for things that don't tie together, and it is really one of the scariest moments ever. And uh, so I, that, I guess that's that's the harrowing part of it. Is yeah, great, it's on the bookshelf. That to me is the most fun part. Is going to bookstores and seeing like Barnes and Noble has it placed right there by the checkouts right now. So that's always kind of cool. And I make my kids take pictures with them, so they hate that, but I think they are taking selfies with your book. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, and it, it's also neat that, you know, people will see it, other play, like, especially Missouri, the Timeline book that, that we talked about last time, at the uh, at Union Station, at the aquarium, they have a bunch of books there, and people always send me pictures. So it's neat that, that other people see it and, and are interested in it. And that's, that's what I've always said. I think people are interested in history if you present it in an interesting way. And that's what I hope to do with my books is they're not going to be deep dives into history, right? And even this book contains a lot of history. I want people to get excited about the history we have in Missouri, and if there's an element that, that strikes your interest, then dig deeper. But I just want to you know, have, a, have a broad stroke and tell people there's some really great things that have happened in this state. Oh, yeah. And MissouriLegends.com, you can find copies of the book. Are you signing this one, too? Yep, that's the only place to get signed copies of not only this one, but the Missouri Timeline as well. Um, yeah, so MissouriLegends.com. And I don't know if we talked about this last time, and if you've been on the site recently, I do a top ten list of, you know, top ten most expensive private high schools in Missouri, top ten smallest high schools, um, most expensive houses. Hmm. And I always find it interesting Everybody wants to see the biggest houses in Missouri, and it's like 10 times bigger than anything else on the site. And I just kind of did it as, as an aside, and it became the big thing. It's amazing how that works out, honestly. I, I, I think about right? the thing that interests people, and that's the type of stuff that I would click on. I mean, if I was going through Facebook or something, and I saw that headline, and I thought, oh, that does sound pretty interesting. But going back to presenting history in a way that people would you know find themselves enjoying it a big part of reedy press and a big part of what you do is the photo presentation of it i when i was showing my son your last book he was so sucked in by the photographs in it and the way it looked that's such a big part of it because the the photos are so great in these books okay so my next book that's coming out is called missouri 365 it is the biggest event that happened in the state on every day of the year and in order to tell those stories you need the pictures and so the uh, State uh, His Historical Society of Missouri has 47,000 pictures that are logged on their site in, one of their, in their photograph section. Believe it or not, I went through every single one. And now a lot of those pictures are man with dog, boy in snow, <laughs> no context whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. But that's how I found that picture from St. Charles, that first bridge that went across from St. Yeah. County to St. Charles that was just pontoons tied together. And so I found even more, you know, historical pictures of the Springfield Square right around the time that it burned to the ground. Um, old pictures here in St. Louis of when they were building particular roads. Um, if you've ever been to Roachport, this one that, that you're going to love this picture. When uh, I'll even send it to you. Um, no, it's on my and it's on my Facebook page. When in Roachport, Missouri, along the Katy Trail, there's a tunnel there. And it's been seen in the Stephen King movie, and it's just iconic. If you've ever ridden the Katy Trail in mid-Missouri by uh, Roachport, you know what I'm talking about. I found one of the original pictures when they were blasting that cave. It's, you know, picture number 23,725. And I'm like, how did I never see this picture? So it was before 
the railroad tracks even went through. And that hill where it's all covered with trees was just a bare hill right along the Missouri River. So those are the kind of things that I'm able to find because I have no life. (laughs) (laughs) And then we use those in these books to help tell the story of why these areas are so cool and unique. Yeah, I've done that before where I've been at the, uh, the Mercantile Library and they have a guy in the back. And essentially all day, every day, he's just like scanning photos and things from the archives. And I thought, wow, is there really that much of an archives of photographs that haven't been digitized? The answer is yes. And it's yeah, amazing yeah. the amount of history that's discovered every day that's been forgotten. So it's important. And, These are really important things to do. Yeah, and again, a lot of it is, is I don't want to say junk, but you don't even know who it is. I mean, the picture, boy in snow, could be anybody, and it doesn't say where it's at. or And so <clears throat> you run into a lot of that. But after you know several hours of looking, you stumble across something just fascinating. And that makes it all worthwhile to find a picture that maybe nobody else has seen since it was taken. And then when it was scanned in, if the person scanning it even looked at the picture. And there it is sitting on our archives that maybe nobody has seen. And getting it out in print to me is so neat. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like that when you put any sort of story together. If you're doing any sort of investigative journalism or you're making a documentary or you're writing a book, It's all about context. So at one point, that photo may mean nothing, but then three months later, you stumble across something else and you think, wait a minute, that photo was significant. It's because you put the hard work into it. And it's amazing how all of these things have a story behind it. And it's just that there's not anyone to connect the dots. But sometimes when they do get connected, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And you just gave me chills there because I was remembering a story and I can't remember what story it was, but there was somebody who was recently in the news. And, and, gosh, I wish I could remember the context on this, but you get where I'm going. And then we had reported the story, and then somebody called and said, you guys did a story on that person like 10 years ago or whatever when they were younger, so you have pictures of that. And that's what, that gives you chills. Like you never know what's going to happen with somebody's life later on. You've captured that moment, and then you get to go back and, and, and revisit it before whatever happened. But, yeah, you're right. It happens all the time. And so it's somebody's job to archive all that stuff, and it may seem meaningless at the time, but it can be very valuable down the road. Yeah, and you never know. It just you, you never know. And you, don't, you would never know to search that sort of thing to see if it's sitting there archived or recorded from something that was 10 or 20 years ago. It just organically normally happens. Like, man, that looks familiar. That sounds familiar. It's just yeah. amazing the way things connect. All right, so the book, uh, 100 Things to Do in Missouri Before You Die, and John Brown, you can find his book online now. And again, it's all over the St. Louis area. It just came out. But if people wanted to look you up online, find it on there, or some of the different bookstores you prefer, uh, maybe you can tell people that. Yeah, so again, you know, the best place is Missouri Legends, because that's where, uh, where I sign them all. And all of my books are right there. But I have seen, like I said, I saw it at Barnes & Noble. I know in Webster Groves, where I live, it's in several bookstores. So they're out there everywhere. And... Um, and, you know, it's a, to me, what a great gift for, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day, as people are going out looking for things to do this spring. Here's your roadmap, things that you may have done before. Do you know, I think the number is like half the people in St. Louis have never been inside the arch. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that's the kind of thing that blows me away. It's like, why have you not done the most iconic thing we have in this city? And so even if you have done it, present new ways to maybe do it again. I know, and I'm guilty. Um, I've been to the arch, and I've been up on the arch, but I'm guilty in the sense that I moved here almost four years ago, and I've never been further west than St. Peter's. 
But you you make a good point. A lot of times we find that people who move to town end up doing way more than people who grew up here because you just grew up here. You know, I'm sure there are tons of people who drive past Grant's Farm every single day and never stop to think, I should check that out because you just grew up around it. It's nothing unique. Yet people who move here do all these things. They do the History Museum. They do the Art Museum. They do Forest Park all the time. Uh, they do the Arch. They go check out Union Station, do the Whispering Arch, uh, do the Wheel. You know, all these things that we have here, we just take them for granted, and you'll never find a place that has this much free stuff to do in this town. So really... There's no excuse not to get down there and do some of this. Oh, you're so right. We, as a family, found a lot of great things to do, and thank goodness there's so many great free things to do, which makes it awesome when you have young kids because uh, mm. it takes the pressure off because, you know, all of a sudden you go somewhere and the kid's not having a good day. Oh, you can come back tomorrow, you know? And right, it's, uh, you don't right. have to worry about free. that. it's free. Yeah, and it's free. <laughs> you could just you don't feel guilty. Uh, it, you know, you just bought a, a ticket to something or whatever, and then you try to power through it, and you got to use your child psychology, which doesn't always work. Um, but I got to say, uh, I'm so happy that you joined us here tonight with one of, uh, what, three books this year that's coming out? Uh, four. Four. Yep. So Ooh. Missouri, so this one, 100 Things, uh, the Missouri Bicentennial Timeline, which came out a few months ago, uh, Missouri 365, and then my very first book, Missouri Legends, Famous People from the Show Me State. That was in that big fire, if you remember the warehouse right. fire mm. that took all of Reedy Press's books. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, we're redoing that with the most iconic Missourians during our first 200 years. And so that's what I'm really excited about, too. Um, just seeing the people that you would never know who are from Missouri and have had such a big impact on, on the world. That's coming out a little closer to August, we believe. Oh, that is so cool. Uh, 100 Things to Do in Missouri Before You Die. John Brown, you can find his book, MissouriLegends.com, on his website. It's so good to see you on Fox 2 Mornings. You're doing a fantastic job over there. And thank you for uh, spending time with us tonight on Overnight America. Well, thanks so much for having me on again. Hope to talk. Man, I'll probably talk to you hopefully in a few months. I think so. It's uh, nice the way that this is spread out because I always look forward to these conversations. So I'm, I'm excited already. <laughs> that sounds good. And he joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Guest Line. This is Overnight America, KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com And Overnight America continues up until 1 a.m. live tonight. If you'd like to uh, join us, you can. Another story out of Kansas City. This is from Channel 41, KSHB. Mentions a home where their thermostat, when they took a little peak a little afternoon, was 48 degrees. Why? Because four hours after her power went out because of controlled outages by Evergy, which is the uh, company out there, it says, I know Evergy is not going to pay for my pipes if they freeze or pay for any food that goes bad. So we're kind of on our own at this point. Power came back 3 p.m. Talking about going out at 7 a.m. back at 3. I didn't realize that from 7 to noon, you can go from, what, I'm going to guess the somewhere in the 60s, maybe early 70s, degree temperature in the house, all the way down to the 40s. That does not take long. That's kind of scary. I It uh, makes me shiver just thinking about that. And I don't like to have to uh, sit there with the uncertainty. And every minute that passes by, you're thinking, oh, come on, get back here. And they talk about trying to call the energy company. It says you can't get a hold of them. They'll hang up with you even if you do get with someone. Makes it nearly impossible. Luckily, her kids were a little bit older, but 
you got little babies or elderly or something, that's no good. I mean, you can throw some extra blankets on top of someone, but it doesn't do you any good when you're really young and you don't know a difference. Your kids are out of school. You got to find a place to go. If like for this family, they were talking about going to Panera. <laughs> they had to hop on over, at, you know, Kansas City. Of course, that's what it's called. But that's where they decided to find themselves when in need. Uh, three hours is quite a difference between 30 to 60 minutes, maybe 90 minutes. If you have elderly or small children or a house full of people, they say. So at a point like that, you just like get really close to each other and use the body heat like in those movies where you're in a plane crash in the mountains and there's snow and you're debating if you're eating someone in a minute or two. But until then, you're just going to huddle real close to each other. I wonder how long it takes before you consider eating someone else. Uh, so they talk about how they need to go to a motel because their dogs are in the house and it's too cold. Some cases they can't get water even for the animals if they wanted to when the temperatures get that low. I don't ever want to have to find that out to see how long my house can set on sale. It's like um, your car goes out or maybe uh, the engine in goes and you just are you're basically floating knowing you're going to hit something here soon unless you can get this bad boy starting back up or like those movies where the plane is doing a nosedive and you're hoping the engines kick back on and you're just looking at the ground. That's what it's like in that house. You're thinking, oh, please get that furnace back on, get that furnace back on, get that furnace back on as fast as you fast as you can. You know, one of the um, things that would have been today. So would today have been Fat Tuesday? It's been a long time since I've paid attention or have done that, but I do like a good punchki. And then I haven't had a chance to get one in a while, but I eat a lot of donuts lately, not because I go out of my way for them, but because my family loves them. And whenever I'm in, uh, by a certain donut shop, they want me to stop by and pick some up. So who am I to say no to myself when it comes to that? So it's kind of like uh, the, the joy of having them infrequently was taken away. And then that means fish Fridays will be coming back, the fish fries. And I know a lot of people around St. Louis really enjoy those sort of things. This year, a little bit different in certain areas. No Mardi Gras, Soulard. Kevin Klein did a whole nother story on it. Usually, the events of Soulard Mardi Gras have been going on for weeks by now. The parades, the floats, the flinging of purple plastic beads that end up drooping from empty branches, the dropping of beer cans, the tossing of those gnawed-on drumstick bones, rows of mint green Johnny on the spots. But this year, it was different. Soulard has been quiet. And some people are glad of it. This man runs the laundromat right in the heart of Soulard. Well, we're very relieved that uh, we didn't even have to close that day. I always hear about destruction of personal property, uh, peeing in alleys and uh, defecating in, in the alleyways. Is there a lot of verb-subject disagreement in the crowd also? Not that I know of. And this man lives on the edge of Soulard, where the revelers usually migrate. There's a lot less vomit in my yard this year. Oh, would the Soulard people throw up in your yard? Yeah, last year we got a we got a couple. Did you ever examine it for the contents? Uh, not closely, but uh, usually just to kind of wait for the rain to wash it away. So there was a excessive ingestion. Yes, sir. Supporters of Soulard Mardi Gras say it will be back that it generates a lot of money for the restaurants and the bars in that area and tax revenue for the city, and that organizers do a great job cleaning up by the next morning. 
Also, it gives people one last midwinter hurrah before the Lenten season of Ash Wednesday, Mrs. Paul's Fish Sticks, and introspection is upon us all. With a whole nother story, I'm Kevin Colleen. So nice. Yeah, I wouldn't want that. <laughs> I was living in a place every year. I'm like, all right, here comes the uh, the drunks that are going to expel themselves on my yard. I don't know if that's a, the right word, but still doesn't. Uh, it's, it's Both of those seem like bad situations. If we're going to have to deal with cold weather once a year and you're like, man, if I had to sit in a 40 degree house for a couple of hours or take a full week of people using my yard as a toilet, I'd have to sit and think about that for a moment. Or at that point, do you hire someone to watch in your yard? You basically have them out there as like an armed guard and warn people and then eventually hose them with the, uh, the spray them with a hose or whatever to get them off the yard if they get too close or something along those lines to let them know they are not welcome to use your ground as a portage on yet again this year. That's pretty annoying. Uh, at that point, I guess you just let your lawn go. <laughs> You're like, it doesn't even matter at this point. Why do I even bother with my lawn? To Do I want it to look nice for someone else to come and use it as a toilet? No, thanks. In the next hour, I saw this one bill that's being proposed in Tennessee. Lawmakers propose a bill that would let biological fathers stop abortions. And this is getting a lot of people talking. It, does it have a chance of passing through? Sure. Uh, we'll talk about that. And Tom Grisham is the spokesperson for the Second Amendment Foundation. He also hosts a gun talk show. It's a, a radio program. We're going to ask him about some of the recent news coming out of the Biden administration next hour on Overnight America KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.